Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. I love the book of Ecclesiastes, or it's known maybe in some more contemporary translations as the book of Koheleth. We don't hear from it that often, so when we do in the liturgy, I like to comment on it. The book of Ecclesiastes, or Koheleth, is found in the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is divided into the Torah, the first five books, then the historical books that tell the story of of the kingdom of Israel and so on, then the great prophetic books, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, the others, and finally these wisdom books, like the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, the book of Psalms, the Song of Songs, and Ecclesiastes. These are more philosophical, psychological books, books of wisdom and insight. Anyway, Kohala is found in that section of the Bible. I'd urge you to read it. You can easily read it in one sitting. The main character, the one who speaks in the book, Koheleth, his name, by the way, just means assemblyman or churchman. That's why it's called Ecclesiastes. But Koheleth is a wonderful figure. He identifies himself in the book as a king of Israel and the son of David, which is why he's been identified over the centuries as Solomon. Now, it's very unlikely that Solomon actually wrote this book. It was typical in the biblical world to write something under the name of a famous person. But at any rate, the figure, the character, the narrator is a fascinating person. Most of us, I bet, have met someone like Koheleth. Think of your grandfather on his grumpiest day in his sourest mood. That would give you some idea of Koheleth. Think of someone, probably an old man, cynical. He's seen it all, done it all, and looks at the whole world with a sort of jaundiced eye. That's Koheleth. You know what comes to my mind in a funny way when I read this book? Is the aged Richard Nixon. When I was a kid, Nixon was president, so I didn't really register his presidency that much. But in the years after he left office, after the disgrace of his resignation, Nixon often appeared on talk shows and interview programs as a sort of elder statesman. And I must say, I had a kind of grudging respect for him. Here was old Nixon, who had literally seen it all in the area of politics, had been everywhere, had met the great figures of the world, and you couldn't impress him very easily. You couldn't surprise him. You couldn't throw him a curveball. He'd seen it all, done it all, and looked at it with a pretty jaundiced, cynical eye. That, to me, is Koheleth. Our reading for today includes his most famous line, and it's echoed like a refrain up and down the book. 
Vanity of vanities, says Koheleth. Vanity of vanities, all things are vanity. That's his take. That's his take. Cynical, sardonic, maybe even bordering on the desperate. Everything he's done and experienced, he finally sees as vain, empty. Let me read to you some other passages from this wonderful book. All speech is labored. There's nothing man can say. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. Even the thing of which we say, see, this is new, has already existed in the ages that preceded us. Again, think of old Nixon. All speech is labored, nothing man can say. You know, you've heard it all. You've heard every speech. You've heard every politician, heard every statesman. Nothing new in it. In fact, all of it seems rather empty over time. Think now during this election season, we hear all these speeches from the politicians. Ah, once you've been through three or four or five elections, they don't impress you that much. The eye not satisfied by seeing. Hey, look at that. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, I've seen it. I've been there, been to the great cities of the world, seen the great works of art. I'm not that impressed. How about this? Kohala says, Behold, I've become great and stored up wisdom beyond all who were before me. Yet, when I applied my mind to know wisdom, I found this to be a chase after the wind. Now, the character Kohalath is Solomon, the wisest man ever to live. And he sought wisdom, he even attained wisdom. And now, at the end of his days, he looks at all of his philosophy, all of his science, all that he's learned, and he says, what's it worth? It's a chase after the wind, nothing but vanity. You know, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. The more you learn, the more questions you have. The mind wants the truth, capital T, but it gets it in dribs and drabs. Nothing new under the sun. By the way, that's also from this book of Kohalath, that little line. Even wisdom seems like a chase after the wind. How about the pleasures of the world? Sensual pleasure, food and drink and sex and all the things that make life wonderful. Listen to this. Someone said, come now, let me try you with pleasure and the enjoyment of good things. But behold, this too was vanity. Kohalith, king of Israel, would have had at his beck and call any sensual pleasure he'd want. The Bible tells us Solomon had numerous wives, numerous concubines. He had all the food and drink, all the pleasures of the senses he could want. And here he is now, this old man, looking back on it and saying, you know, it's all passing. It's all ephemeral. It's all superficial. When I was preparing this homily, I happened to see one of those old films of the Rat Pack. Remember Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis? And there they were on the stage in Las Vegas. They were all maybe in their early 40s at the time. This was like 1965. All handsome, talented, 
at the top of their game, having all the fun you could want on the stage. And if the accounts are correct, there's all kinds of books written about them, if the accounts are correct, they had probably as much sensual pleasure as Kohalif ever had. All that money could buy, all the pleasures of food and drink and sex available to them. And you know what occurred to me? How quickly it passes. There they were at that moment. And you think, boy, they're at the top of the world, those guys. And they're all gone now. And what came to my mind were images of Frank Sinatra as an old man. Dean Martin as an old, decrepit man. Sammy Davis, the end of his years. I don't say it to make fun of them or put them down. It's just the way it goes with sensual pleasures, the goods of this world. They are fleeting, passing, ephemeral. How about this from Kohalath? I undertook great works. I built myself houses and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks. And he's a king. Wisdom, sensual pleasure, and now great public works. Good. Built the temple, the glory of Israel. He built great gardens, public places. Beautiful, good, right. You know what came to my mind? My Chicago listeners will recognize this. Mayor Richard Daly, who loves to build parks, green spaces, public works. Good, nothing wrong with that. But now here's Kohalith, the end of his life, looking back on all these things he's accomplished, and he says they're all dust, vanity, a chase after the wind. They amount in the end to nothing. How about wealth? What about the wealth of the world, money, power? Listen to him. I acquired male and female slaves. I had herds of cattle and flocks of sheep, more than all who'd been before me in Jerusalem. I got for myself male and female singers and all human luxuries. It's terrific. He's the king. He's the king. He has all these things, all that wealth could buy. Solomon was reputed to be the wealthiest man in the world. All of it. His conclusion? It's a chase after the wind. What's this mean now in terms of 21st century America? Well, this is somebody from the richest neighborhood you know. This is a very successful businessman. This is someone who has just made a killing in the stock market. This is someone from Winnetka or Wilmette, my Chicago listeners will recognize. And what does it all add up to in the end? Vanity of vanities and a chase after the wind. Now, having heard all this, this little survey of the book of Kohalath, you're tempted to say, well, isn't he just a cranky old man? Why are we reading his book? Why are we listening to these Oh, cynical, sardonic conclusions of an old crank. Well, I think this book is in the Bible because there is great wisdom here. Look at all the things that Kohalith talks about. Wealth, pleasure, political accomplishment, wisdom. Are all these good? Yes, they're good. I've said a million times, we're not Puritans. Catholics aren't Puritans. We affirm the good things of the world. We don't run from them, make fun of them. But, but, and here's the message of Kohalath. Here's what I want you to learn from this homily. This is what it's about. 
When we rely on such things for our ultimate happiness, we end up in serious trouble. When we base our lives on them, then we collapse. And that's why we need Koheleth to say, ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, all these earthly goods and pleasures are nothing compared to God. Compared to God. Compared to the ultimate value of Almighty God. Every generation that comes along needs to hear these words, although I'm kind of convinced young people, they're not going to learn it. They learn it when they're an old man like Koheleth. Because every generation comes along and says in its own way, I'm going to seek joy in pleasure, in wealth, in power, in political accomplishment, in earthly wisdom. I'm going to find my joy that way. And every generation needs to hear from this old cranky man that all of that ultimately is vanity and a chase after the wind. What's it meant to do now, this reflection? It's meant to place all these worldly things in a higher context, the context of God. Can you use your wealth for God's purposes? Yes. Can you give your wisdom over to God and God's purposes? Yes. Can you put all of your earthly accomplishments under the aegis of God and God's plans? Yes. And now they come to life. Now they find their deepest purpose in that mission. Christians, the problem, and I'll end with this, the problem is when we cling to these things for their own sake, they turn to dust. And that's what Kohalath is telling us. But when they're given to God, they are transfigured and become beautiful. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.